You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Is this just you? You haven't been willing to take the steps to find the real blessings of God. And He's waiting to give them to you. He's just waiting. And you end this life, and so sad that some people end this life, and they've given their kids everything that money can buy, and they have not given them what money can buy. What legacy are you going to leave for your family? What influence are you going to have on your kids? The Bible says that you have not because you ask not. In today's message from Pastor Danny, he teaches you the importance of coming boldly to the throne room of grace. God desires to bless you, but you need to come to Him boldly. Live a life of bold faith with the Lord. Let that be the legacy that you leave for your family. Pastor Danny encourages you to seek the Lord in all that you do. Be sure that your entire family hears the good message of the gospel from you. Ask the Lord to enable them to come to Him for salvation. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Joshua chapter 3 as he continues his message, A Legacy of Faith. Verse 5, Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Consecration, absolutely necessary. You don't cross this Jordan and, and experience the blessings that God has for you if you've got hidden sin in your life. You don't, you don't cross this Jordan and experience what God has for you if you're playing around and, and half foot in and half foot out and then riding the fence. Uh, the Laodicean church don't get this one. It's hot or cold. And only the hot <laughs> experience the land of promise. Verse 6, Joshua said to the priest, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and they went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the Israelites, or tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here, listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you'll know that the living God is among you, and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Gergashites, Amorites, Jebusites, Termites, all the ites. <laughs> See, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, 
set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. They call that a miracle. Quick reminder, if you want a scripture reference for this point, it's 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Every believer in Jesus, New Testament, is a priest, male or female. It's not dealing with gender, dealing with spirituality in terms of who, we're, who we are in Christ. We're priests. And we carry the ark, the power and the presence of God. So this is for all of us, the priests. And the promise is you take a step and God will do the miraculous. So listen, what we're talking about, what God wants to do in, in our lives in terms of blessing is, is beyond something physical. And, and it certainly has nothing to do with IQ, ability, um, Bible knowledge. Now, all those things have their place in terms of Bible knowledge, that kind of stuff. But look, what God wants to do is supernatural. And those last verses I read, God says, this is what I'll do. I'll do the supernatural. I'll do the miraculous. That's his promise. But it's yet future. And it will never happen if the priests don't choose to take a step. You have to take a step. I took a step when I was 19 years old. Literally. Took a step from the television where Jack Van Empey was preaching a doomsday message about the second coming of Christ. I was so convicted. Went out in my front yard, knelt down, asked God to forgive me, Jesus to become my Lord and Savior. It was the most important step. He did what I asked him to do. He forgave me. He came into my life. A few weeks later, I took another step in a Baptist church that I'd gone that following Sunday after my front yard experience. And the message, I don't remember the text, but at the end, it was, it was if you believe God's calling you to full-time Christian service. I felt the tug on my heart. I walked forward in that Baptist church, and, I, and the pastor had said, if you're willing to go wherever he leads you, makes it clear, wherever, and do whatever, would you go? I said, I'll go. I walked down. Not long after, I took a step, got in my Plymouth Cricket. Thank God we made it from Hartsville, South Carolina to Lynchburg, Virginia to Liberty Baptist College. Seven years later, I took a step and got in the car, and thank God the Cricket had died by then. I had a 1972 Ford pickup with a log on the front for a bumper. That's a true story. I was pulling a U-Haul. I went 55 downhill on the interstate. No kidding. 42 uphill. I'm not exaggerating. I had people honking at me the whole way down to Florida. And going around me. And I came to St. Petersburg, Florida. And I'm still here. I took a step of faith along with my wife a few months ago when God told us to step out of the boat. And he spoke to us clearly. I don't care what anybody says. I don't have to stand before them. I got to stand before Jesus. I, I, I appreciate it. Look, took a step of faith. You think that we enjoyed that? Christian life is just one step of faith after another. 
Here's what God says He'll do. But you've got to take a step. Verse 14, So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now, you don't want to miss a half verse here, verse 15. Now the Jordan is at flood stage. All during the harvest. Acts 24 talks about Paul the Apostle. He stood before Governor Felix, and Governor Felix comes in all of his pomp with his wife, and, and he's there before Paul, or Paul before him, really from heaven's perspective, it's Felix before Paul. And Paul begins preaching a message. He talked about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. And it says, Felix was afraid. Why? Because he didn't know Jesus, he wasn't ready for the judgment to come, and he certainly wasn't living a righteous life. And here's what the text tells us. At this point, Felix was afraid, and he said to Paul, Stop! Stop this sermon. Stop Paul's sermon. Something we're not going to let you do this morning. <laughs> And here's what he said. That's enough for now. When I find it convenient, then I'll send for you. When I find it convenient. It's a flood stage. That's when you got to take the step. Not convenient. Well, I like to get involved. You know that men's breakfast. Why would you plan it on the Saturday when I have my golf game? Well, I'd come to Wednesday night, you know, but I'm just so tired after work. Luke chapter 14. Listen to what Jesus says. Luke chapter 14. Luke 14, verse 15. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the man who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet with many guests invited. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to all those who had been invited. Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I just bought a field. I got to go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I just bought five yoke of oxen. I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, well, I just got married. You can't expect me to get involved. What's your excuse? What's your excuse for not taking the step? Now, the Jordan is a flood stage all during the harvest, middle of verse 15. Yet as soon as the priest who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing, piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan. While the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, the Salt Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. God did exactly what He promised He would do. But He didn't do it before they got their feet wet. They had to get their feet wet. I love this next one. <laughs> Verse 17. The priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. That's also a miracle. And you know what I wrote down in my notes? I thought it was good. It's a wet step 
that leads to a firm foundation. It's a wet step that leads to a firm foundation. And I couldn't help but think of Peter. Storm, he's in the boat, Jesus walking on the water in the midst of the storm. All the disciples in the boat are first afraid, and then Jesus says, it's okay, don't be afraid, it's me. And don't you love Peter? If it's you, bid me to come to you. I don't know if he really expected the response. <laughs> come! And I love what my friend Asif Sheikh reminds me of often. I think you stole it from somebody, but it's good. You can't walk on water if you don't step out of the boat. And he took a step of faith. And all of a sudden, what in normal circumstances, you would just have to swim. You walked on water. And so will you. God will do the miraculous in your life. That's what He wants to do. He wants to do something that is not explainable and it doesn't make sense <laughs> except to Him. But you got to take the step. There is one more section. You don't want to miss this one. Just a few verses, chapter 4. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests stood, to carry them over with you and to put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and he said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. One of the greatest benefits of taking the first step of faith to receive Christ as Lord and Savior and then continuing to take steps of faith along the journey of life as you seek to follow Jesus is what you do for your family. I don't want to talk about myself, but I can't help it. <laughs> that was a joke. But, but listen, I, Thursday I'm starting to really study for the message this weekend, and my daughter um, comes into the kitchen, and I'm sitting at the counter where the Calvary Chapel Fellowship office is now. <laughs> And, and I got my Bible open, and I'm, I'm handwriting at this point some notes from Joshua chapter 3. And, and um, she starts talking to me, and so I'm like, well, I, I, I want to talk to my daughter, you know. And we start talking, and, and somehow, I don't remember how it happened, but because I'm right in the middle of studying Joshua, I forget how it started, but 
But I was thinking about this particular point of leaving, leaving a legacy of faith for your family. And one of the scariest things you can do is ask your child if she believes <laughs> you're doing that. And we began to talk, and she, she said, well, Dad, people have, people have the wrong idea of what our family's really like. And she's talked to people over the years and friends that have grown up in church with her, and they think, they think halos are on the Hodges' head, you know, walking around the house, and that's not true. <laughs> and she's telling me, she said, she said Dad, some people, some people actually think that we sit around the dinner table singing Kumbaya. <laughs> Kumbaya, if you don't know, is a famous Christian campfire song that started way back in the 20s. And I just want to go on record to say, my, I have, we have never, ever sung Kumbaya <laughs> together. Ever! <laughs> and then she went on, she said, Dad, some people actually think you practice your sermons on us. <laughs> and again, to shorten the, the point is this. I said, well, you know, well, and we were talking about how I used to take Jesus with us on vacation. We never took vacation from Jesus. And once I got into the game years ago of being a spiritual leader in my home, we'd go on vacation and we'd start in the morning. Together with the Word. Now, my kids are small. And here's what she said. She said, Dad, you would wake us up at 7 a.m. on vacation. Now, that is true, generally. Not every time. Not every time. But we'd get them up, and, and we'd, we'd share time in the Word. And she said, all we wanted to do is eat breakfast. <laughs> and it was simple, but we'd, just, we'd choose a psalm. I'd choose it. She said, you'd have a scripture ready, and you'd make us read those verses. And then we'd pray. And it was simple. But the wonderful thing is, look, we're just like you. Except for my calling, I'm just like you. I got the same weaknesses. My children saw me hit the wall a few years ago. They saw what happened to me. But I'll tell you what, they know the truth, not the lies that are being told. They know the truth. And I, listen, I'm going to leave a legacy, and I'm not, I, I, I'm saying this humbly. I hope you, I'm saying it humbly. I'm amazed at what God's done for my life and my wife and my family. It's been the grace of God. They saw me hit the wall, but they also saw me revived. Yeah. And I had to take a step of faith. And I had to stop going to beer or a glass of wine for comfort and going back just to Jesus. And may I never go the other path again because I knew the foolishness of the bath. I'm not stupid, I'm just stupid. <laughs> and I'll close with this. I went to Matthew 19, and it, it just sparked all kind of biblical thoughts. In Matthew 19, verse 27, 
The context of this is a man we called the rich young ruler. Because in three of the Gospels, one says he's rich, one says he's young, one says he's a ruler. So we call him, when you put it together, the rich young ruler. And he comes to Jesus. He says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, why do you ask me what is good? In other words, you better recognize who I am, because I'm the only one that's good. And then he says, well, if you want to enter life, obey the commandments. And he says, well, I've kept these since I was a youth. Now, he hadn't, but let's give him a break here. You have to believe in the context he was a good moral person in comparison to other people. He believed in God. He probably attended synagogue regularly. But he still had doubts. He thought he was good enough, but inside, as every conscience says, if they're honest with themselves, I just, you know, even though I'm a good person compared to other people, he's asking the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, you know the commandments. He said, these I've kept. And Jesus says, there's one more thing you lack. Go sell everything you have. Give it to the poor. And then come and follow me, and then you'll have great riches in heaven. You know what it says? He went away very sad because he was a man of great wealth. And with that context, you get down to verse 27. Peter said, we've left everything to follow you. What will there be for us? And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, that the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on His glorious throne, you who have followed Me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for My sake will receive a hundred times as much. And you'll inherit eternal life. Think about the context of that. Rich young ruler if you will, stood on the brink of the Jordan. Jesus is right there. You want the blessing of God? You want what's really life? You want not only salvation, but everything that goes with it, all the blessings? Take a step. And he wasn't willing. Now don't miss the point. Here's the point. You're married to the rich young ruler. Just imagine that. You ride the nicest donkey in town. <laughs> you don't need a budget. You go buy what you want. You take vacations that most people can't afford. You live in a house that's nicer than most people. Your children, you got the money to send them to a private school. Give them a good education. And it's not that you don't believe in God. Rich young ruler did. It's this you, you, you haven't been willing to take the steps to find the real blessings of God. And He's waiting to give them to you. He's just waiting. And you end this life, and so sad that some people end this life, and they've given their kids everything that money can buy, and they have not given them what money can buy. What legacy are you going to leave for your family? What influence are you going to have on your kids? Oh, I pray that some would take a step of faith. 
You've been listening to The Living Word, a ministry of Calvary Chapel Fellowship with Pastor Danny Hodges. Thanks for joining us for today's study in the book of Joshua. Ever since the beginning of time, humans have been prone to their fleshly desires. When the Lord says, let me help you, we tend to try and do things on our own anyway. But the beautiful thing about God is that He never leaves or forsakes, even when we leave and forsake Him. Are you wrestling with your faith today? There's strength in lifting one another up in prayer, and we'd be honored to do that for you. Send us an email at info at ccfstpete.church. That's info at ccfstpete.church. Would you pray for us here at The Living Word too? As our ministry grows, we always want to make sure that we're seeking Jesus first and our ideas second. His guidance is what we need. Would you pray that we'd recognize His voice always? Thanks for praying. If you don't already have a church that you call home and you live in or near St. Petersburg, we'd love to be that for you. Pastor Danny and all of us here at Calvary Chapel Fellowship invite you to join us for our weekend services. Check out ccfstpete.church for the latest service times or to find out how you can join us online if you're not in the area. Thanks for tuning in today. Be sure to join us again next time to hear another message from this study in the book of Joshua right here on The Living Word.